Hello, I'm Guillermina González, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And with me, we have Ruth Ann Porches. She's the project manager of the Jolly's Neck Cultural Mapping at Lille Union and Fort Branch. Welcome to the show, Ruth Ann. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. And that's a wonderful project. Just to pronounce the whole thing took me like a minute or two. <laughs> But in any event, it sounds like a fascinating project and very much needed, uh, Ruthann. Tell us why. Well, first of all, this precious little corner of the planet has never been mapped. Okay. Never. We cannot find a map. Although, I have to thank the Delaware archives, the state archives, okay. especially John Scarborough, who has worked with us many times to try to find mm. a map of this little area. Mm-hmm. So we are mapping something that has never had a formal map. So that's a very exciting Why process. Why is that? I mean, the- well, it's possibly because this particular people group have often been what's called hiding in plain sight. Okay. There were times in American history and times in Delaware history mm-hmm. where it was not cool to be certain descendant of certain people groups. And so Mm -hmm. they had very special ways of surviving. Mm -hmm. They created beautiful, strong networks. They Mm -hmm. have very strong familial ties. Ancestral studies are normal for this community. They take very good care of their historians and Mm -hmm. all those who help them understand their family ties. Mm -hmm. So it's a rare and unique place. And I'm fascinated. I also have to say that my grandmother... Mm-hmm. was a midwife in their cousin's community. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, when you go down the Lipsick River, mm-hmm. which is where this this place that I'm mapping is between the St. Jones River okay. and the Lipsick River. Okay. And when you go down the Lipsick River toward the bay mm-hmm. and then cross the bay, you go up the Cohansey River and you find yourself in Bridgeton, New Jersey. Bridgeton, New Jersey is the cousin community. And for generations, probably before recorded history, mm-hmm. people have been making this journey back and forth mm-hmm. every other generation. So my grandmother was the midwife in Bridgeton, New Jersey. I see. For many of these people I now live with in Cheswold area. Mm-hmm. And I've also met my counterpart, whose grandmother was a midwife. In the Cheswold area. Mm-hmm. So this is an incredible connection. There's also a third community in Millsboro, mm-hmm. Delaware, that is also interconnected. Many of the descendants of this particular cemetery and church that I'm mapping mm-hmm. are connecting those three communities. Mm-hmm. Very strong family ties, very beautiful culture. Lots of hilarious stories, as you can imagine. <laughs> You're going to share one or two at least. Uh, for well, those. I might just have to introduce you to the real storytellers. I'm not actually no, the no, no. Best. But well, we'll need to bring them uh, to the radio show <laughs> yes, later, yes. perhaps at a later time. But meanwhile, um, it is needed. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It is a community that has mm-hmm. uh, whose story has to be told. Yes, because there's a lot we can learn from them. Absolutely. Like absolutely. Well, for instance, this particular community is very, very close to its land, its landscape. And I want to thank Maribel Bayes, Mm -hmm. who is a cultural landscape 
preservationist from Winterthur studying for her uh, PhD program. Okay. And she has been coming to help us learn about cultural mm-hmm. landscape preservation. And then she will be going back to Peru where she'll be studying the Essa Asia people. Mm-hmm. And helping them do a cultural landscape map mm-hmm. and a cultural, a participatory cultural map also. Mm-hmm. So the idea is when we see ourselves in tight relationship to mm-hmm. our landscape, the precious freshwater wooded wetlands where beavers dammed the places and created more space for a variety of fish. Mm-hmm. to live and thrive and endangered species now live in these places mm-hmm. freshwater marshes mm-hmm. all kinds of aspects of this landscape where the people created culture informed by the land these people have amazing cultures that also blended mm-hmm. the new immigrant cultures for instance ponies i think the ponies first came up from assateague and chincoteague and where did they come from? Probably from Spain at one time. Mm-hmm. These ponies became famous in our area. And we have very well-known pony breeders who are well-known mm. from Ontario, Canada, all across the United States. Well, that I didn't know, I have we to say. Ha- we have the most famous first place winner of pony races at the Delaware State Fair mm-hmm. for something incredible like 57 years he won there you go. the pony races every year that's Alan Reed Not and the- his ancestors mm-hmm. are buried in this cemetery he has civil war ancestors buried in this cemetery now that you're measuring history associated mm-hmm. tell me about the origin how everything started uh, that you know of this community mm-hmm Well, we don't know. These people have been here since before recorded history. Okay. So they have histories that come from their experiences. Mm -hmm. And, of course, culture comes from experience. Now we also have the history and what we call the post-contact history, Mm -hmm. where European influence of governance, schooling, their educational systems... Those influenced their lives. And then mm-hmm. they became um, accustomed to a more industrial lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Often, the ones who wanted to keep farming would go back to the cousins in Jersey because there was more farmland in Jersey. And the ones who were more maybe technically minded, they would come back over here because they felt there were more jobs in the industries in mm-hmm. southern Delaware. Mm-hmm. And they went back and forth related to what industries were available. So they developed their relationship with schools and churches and other institutions that they were trained to do certain kinds of physical labor. Mm -hmm. But they always maintained this incredible tight relationship to the land. Mm -hmm. And their culture is really indescribable. I can't describe it. And it's certainly hard to describe in a tiny program. But there's so much to learn. And that's why we want to have a participatory cultural map, which means the community members Mm -hmm. design the map, inform the map, Mm -hmm. and then add their own artwork, their legends, their stories, their humor. And the map becomes kind of an encyclopedia of culture. 
So With many layers. If I understand correctly, what you're trying to do is not only to develop this particular area, but inviting people by having this cultural map to come. Or more, is it more of empowering your own people? You tell me what could be perhaps. Well, I think I would like to say I, I can't imagine myself developing anything. I can't imagine myself even empowering people. But I certainly can enjoy the culture that's here mm. and help them shine. Okay. I want to help the people who have great sense of humor tell their stories. I see. I want to, those people who do amazing woodworking to have a venue for sharing their beauty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would like to have the ones who understand history and heritage and ancestry mm -hmm. to have the tools needed to really beautify their process mm -hmm. of collecting, not just archiving in a big state institution, but having these precious resources available to the mm -hmm. local people. It's theirs. Right. And they need that. We all need that place to be with our art forms and with our ancestry. And this village of Fork Branch has mm -hmm. all that. How did you come to this idea? How the whole project <laughs> began? Well, a long, long time ago, when uh -huh. I was actually traveling with my children, I uh -huh. did some homeschooling. And I did a unit study on mapping. Uh -huh. I found a beautiful book about how we see the world through the maps that we are given. Okay. Or how we create maps to mm -hmm. reflect our worldview. Mm -hmm. And this had beautiful stories. It had, like, a great guy from Australia who drew the map, what I would call upside down. But he said, no, it's not upside down. Who said mm -hmm. north is up? What if <laughs> Australians want the chance to be on the top of the world? Okay. I'm going to draw the map this way. Mm -hmm. And then we looked at all different maps throughout the ages. So somewhere deep inside me, I had this beauty and appreciation mm -hmm. for the art forms that mm -hmm. people through the centuries have had in the mapping arts. Mm -hmm. And then when I came here to this village and found out that there, it's so rich with stories and it's never been mapped... And to combine cultural mapping and physical, literal mapping just looked like the natural thing to do. It makes complete sense. And with that, let me make a pause to re-engage with the audience, to let okay. them know that you're listening into news radio, uh, news talk, excuse me, 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Uh, this is the Delaware State of the Arts radio show. We are very lucky to have Ruth Ann Purchase. She is the project manager of the Jolly's Neck Cultural Mapping at Little Union and Fort Branch. Thank you. And we you. were talking about mapping yes. and cultural mapping and how that needs to reflect a community that for some time, in your opinion, Ruth Ann, has not been there, present, the way they should. Well, I would say they've always been there. Okay. But we just don't always know each other well. Okay. Sometimes when a community is hiding in plain sight, they get stronger and stronger and stronger. And we don't even recognize that they're just always been there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a mystery. And in fact, at one time, this particular community um, had the ethnic designation from the state of Delaware. Mm-hmm as Delaware Moors, M-O-O-R-S. Okay. Now, the archaeologists and the anthropologists can find no connection to Morocco, so don't be confused. 
It was okay. a term that we all wonder, where did it come from? And many people have many legends about it. Okay. I'm actually helping someone write a children's story called The Mystery of the Moors. Mm-hmm. And little children are asking their relatives at a family reunion, where do you hear the term moor? Where mm-hmm. did the term moor came from? Why do does grandma have Delaware moor on her birth certificate? Or grandpa has it on his first driver's license? And it, there are many stories. And a lot of them are funny. And a lot of them... Share one of those. Well, for instance, one of the stories a lot of people say is that um, a wild red-headed, or I should say, a red-headed Irish woman with this wild hair mm-hmm. had fallen in love with a Portuguese sailor. Mm-hmm. And um, then they intermarried with some Native Americans in the local region. Mm-hmm. Another person says it was the, the owner of Woodland Beach intermarried or had a family with a Portuguese sailor. Mm-hmm. So some people are saying there's this Portuguese connection. Other people are believing they came through the Huguenots at the Ali house, if you're familiar with that on a Bombay Hook property. The stories are old, old stories from mm-hmm. before recorded mm-hmm. history, and that's why they're a little confusing. But the archaeological and anthropological studies that have been done, for instance, mm-hmm. by Ned Height, and we thank the Mitsuwakit website mm-hmm. for collecting genealogy with us. Ned Height and Louise Height were archaeologists working for the state of Delaware, and they uncovered a certain site called the Bloomsbury <clears throat> site where they found evidence and proved through the tax records with the help of Kara Bloom, who's an an anthropologist, that the original people lived on these properties Mm -hmm. and they were flint-napping the new colonists, the bottom of the bottles of the new colonists, in the same way the Native Americans had a unique style of flint-napping. So this is a historic art form transitioning into the colonization Mm. period that gave us evidence that they had those skills and gifts before the colonists ever sure. came. Mm-hmm. And then it showed the tax records. And, of course, there are many other ways that the people have been documented. But they're so well documented, they have a federal census district. And the federal okay. census district, which includes Fork Branch Cemetery, mm-hmm. um, has the highest Native Americans per capita of any census district off the reservation in all of North America. Are you like that? Is that amazing? It is. And yet hiding in plain sight. And strong as ever. And it shouldn't be like that. Well, but now we have the privilege of uncovering the mysteries and enjoying the local heroes. Right. We have airplane pilots in the in the um, Aviation Hall of Fame mm-hmm. from our community mm-hmm. at Cheswold Air Park. Those are the Durham's. Benjamin Durham House, which was just torn down, and we have to talk with Kent County Um, commissioners about Mm -hmm. why they would tear down National Historic Registry sites and talk to our state representatives who have been meeting with us about Mm -hmm. how to influence political will for cultural preservation. Mm -hmm. But Benjamin Durham is a patriarch of this group and his family, everybody's related to Benjamin Durham in some way. Mm. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of descendants still relating, still coming home to this region. Mm -hmm. And their stories are longing to be told. So how can we not tell them? 
I totally agree with you. <laughs> and that's precisely the reason you are here, yes. that to share these stories that where we all can learn. Yes. Why hiding those things? Well, there were seasons where it was important. Shall we I leave understand. it at that? I understand. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it, uh, it's, it always happens. Because I'm thinking mm. about Latin America and the mm. way the indigenous peoples had to hide. Yes. And they were dispossessed to begin with. Yes. So their land was just taken away. Yes. And this is like, in a way... Mm-hmm. A, a, a similar situation which yes. is sad yes because they should be uh, like the way mm-hmm. I think about your group they should yeah. be part of the history so people learn because that's the only yeah. thing we can actually do and one of the privileges of cult- participatory cultural mapping mm-hmm. as a technique for storytelling is that the community describes themselves designs we, right. their own map right. and tells who they are mm-hmm. and this concept of self designation, mm-hmm. self-definition, mm-hmm. this is a privilege It is in a healthy democracy. It is, yeah. And I believe that something about this mapping project has the ability to restore local democracy. We have the possibility of bringing people together mm-hmm. to honor and respect the, the oldest original residents and agree help more. them yep. um, steward their place very well and the rest of us who you know i have a little bit of lenape blood i don't qualify to be a member of any organization Mm -hmm. but i honor my grandmother i honor her people and i and i long to bless her the babies that she bore (laughs) there you go she always told me i pray for every one of my mothers and every one of my babies that was my nana before we we, i'm so enjoying the conversation that I almost forgot to ask about uh, what you intend to accomplish and then how people can be related to your efforts, maybe helping Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. connecting with you and the Mm -hmm. like. So let me go first to what you intend with uh, this project Mm -hmm. and eventually how can people connect? Well, the main goal Mm -hmm. is to leave the community with an interactive map that they can continue to add to. Mm Mm-hmm. So we want to call all geographic information systems, geeky people. Mm-hmm. We want to have a call to all artists, mm-hmm. all historians, all people who just love this place mm-hmm. to bring, come together mm-hmm. and learn how to steward this map so that it can continue mm-hmm. long after I find other part-time employment. <laughs> Which is terrific. Now, yeah. I'm sure people listening uh, would like to either help, mm-hmm. be in contact, mm-hmm. uh, related somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can they reach you? Do you have a website, phone well, number? How can right. they connect? Well, personally, as the project manager, mm-hmm. I give out my cell phone, okay. which is 399-1235. 302-399-1235. Okay. And I'd be glad to point people in different directions to fit in wherever they feel mm-hmm. most comfortable. Also, students doing service learning projects. Mm-hmm. We have Jobs for Delaware graduates working with us. Lots of service learning students are coming. And then um, we also have other art forms okay. like Henry Ward. I don't know if you're familiar with the Not archaeologist really. and mm-hmm. culinary artist who helps us find our original food sources and create menus from those foods. So mm. he's helping us design 
projects around culinary arts from indigenous food sources. Mm-hmm. And we have an event coming up at the end of the month, at the end of next month, at the uh, Old State House. I mm. believe it's on the 30th of September. We have an event coming up at Iron Hill Museum, which mm-hmm. is their Indigenous Peoples Day. Mm-hmm. We also have the uh, student service learning students working together starting in the third week of September. So mm-hmm. just call me. Our email address is jolliesneck at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's spelled J-O-L-L-E-Y-S. Jolly's Neck. Okay. That's the description of the land formation where this little village exists. And we're looking for the Jollies family because there are some descendants of that farm mm. who were first named in the first colonial documents. So they don't know about these efforts that <clears throat> well, you we were doing? Well, we haven't found many Jollies to work with. But in our records and on Mitzwaket <clears throat> and with uh, Ned Height's work, we have found that it was... Uh, Durham Hanser families, and we mm-hmm. have both Durham's and Hanser's all the way from Ontario, Canada to Oklahoma, all over the place, writing into us, encouraging us, and sending us uh, ancestral information. So it's a very exciting project. Maybe maybe people can help you in finding these families. Yes, definitely. So that could be yes. a good reason for them to connect with you. Yes. So refresh people's memories. What's the email and, and phone number? The email is jolliesneck, J-O-L-L-E-Y-S. N-E-C-K at gmail.com and we have a Facebook page. Okay. And we have 302-399-1235 is our phone number. Thank you so much. It's just a pleasure. I hope this this not only takes off but uh, transforms the community you're living in. It's a fantastic project. And thank the Delaware Humanities Forum for helping us along the way too. They do a good job. Thank you So thanks for mentioning them. And with that, we have to thank you again for your time. Thanks for coming to the show. My pleasure.